You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to start the Mishnah of Yoma. Yoma is Aramaic. The A at the end of the word Yom means the. It's the definite article. So Yom is day and Yoma is the day. And of course, if there's one day which is the day, it's Yom Kippur. So the Mishnah of Yomer is the Mishnah of Yom Kippur. It's the Mishnah of the day. And you know, usually when I bring a new tractate, I bring a, a, just a couple of verses that from Humash that the Torah uses to, to learn out the halachot. And in the case of Yomer, of course, there's a whole chapter, the 16th chapter of Vayikra, describes the whole of the order of sacrifice on Yom Kippur. And it, 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 I just put it at the beginning of the source sheet for reference, but it's too long probably to go over in detail. But it, it is, it's worth mentioning that there's a sense of danger. There's a sense that this is something that was instituted after death of the two sons of Aaron who died when they brought this strange fire. And there's a particular order in which the high priest is supposed to enter the sanctuary. And if he fails to enter, he himself is in danger of death. The moment that he he exits successfully is a moment of joy and jubilation. And the Mishnah is going to describe in great detail and in chronological order. So again, we're going to take a timeline through this process. The Mishnah is going to describe how we go through this process or how either how a priest goes through this process of purification on Yom Kippur. That is essentially the structure of the first seven chapters of the Mishnah of Yoma, of the Mishnah of the day. And then in the eighth chapter, the Mishnah will describe the Yom Kippur that we have today. So in other words, the fasting, the atonement, the, the, the kind of things that we're familiar with with Yom Kippur today. So, the, But the first seven chapters relate to the temple. And it begins seven days. We're going through chronological order. And it begins seven days before the day. Shivat Yamim Kodem Yom Hakipurim, seven days before Yom Kippur, Mafrishim Kohen Gadol Mi They separate the high priest from his house. Now the word Mafrish, uh, it's from the root Pei Resh Shin, Parash. And it means to separate, but it has an implication of chastity. Someone who doesn't have sexual relationships is Parush, is separated. And of course, I can't help thinking that as we get into the eighth chapter and the restrictions of Yom Kippur as the restrictions, you know, that we know today for Yom Kippur, of course, sexual relationships are one of those. So we're going to finish at the end with stepping back from sexual relationships. And we begin by saying seven days before Yom HaKippurim, Mafrishin Kohen Gadol Mi Meitor. We separate the Kohen Gadol, Mi Beitor, from his house. 
And just as the root parash has an implication of sexuality when it's used in the Mishnah, so does the word bait for house. So literally, we separate the high priest from his house. But bait in the language of the Mishnah also refers to wife. And the Mishnah is saying that we separate the high priest from his wife. We bring him to the Parhedrin chapter. Mafrishin kohen gadol mi lishkat Parhedrin. To this Parhedrin chamber. We're not quite sure what this chamber is, by the way. It's an antique word and some versions of the... Um, of the Mishnah have Palhedrin. We don't know whether it's Parhedrin or Palhedrin. In general, by the way, in this class, I always follow the Kaufman manuscript, and Kaufman has Parhedrin, and that's why we're using that expression. It seems to be, it's commonly translated as a chamber of counselors. It's where they used to have their really, it's a bit like the boardroom. It's a bit like they took him away from his wife and they brought him to the boardroom where they have important discussions. And by the way, they prepare a backup priest to take his place. Shema Yeravo Pasul, in case he's disqualified. They're taking him away from his wife because they don't want some kind of omission. Sorry, maybe they're worried about an omission. I mean, they are worried about an omission, but they are worried about him, about a sexual relationship that might be might contravene the rules of Nida. So they're worried about Nida as well. So they're going to take him a an interesting, they don't, I mean, one route they could take is to rely on his wife. but And that certainly is the route that the Talmud takes. But the Mishnah seems to be saying, you know, we can't even rely on his wife. We take him away from his wife completely. We sequester him in this boardroom in case he's disqualified because we don't want him to be Tameh on Yom Kippur. Takes seven days of sprinkling and anointing. Takes seven days for him to stop being Tameh. So we take him away seven days before Yom Kippur. And in case that should happen, we prepare a backup high priest. And Rabbi Yudah says, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Af isha even, They even prepare for him another wife. Shema Tamutishto, because in case his wife dies, why? Because the Pasuk, and now we're going back to the 16th chapter of Ayikra, the Pasuk says, He shall make atonement for himself and his house. His house, this refers to his wife. So we're reading explicitly in the Mishnah that his house is his wife. And that means that if for some reason his wife doesn't exist, he can't make atonement. So, okay, so Rabbi Yudah says they prepare another wife for him. And the Talmud has a complicated way of marrying her on condition that... Uh, anyway, they prepare another wife for him. And uh, But the, the sages don't accept it. Amrulo. <laughs> He said to him, You know, there'd be no end to it if you've got to prepare another wife. What if the second wife dies? Maybe you'd have to prepare a third wife or a third kohen. The halacha is that they don't prepare for him another wife. Kol All seven days, he sprinkles the blood and burns the incense. In other words, he carries out the daily operation 
of the Beit Midash. He is the Kohen in charge. And he can do this on any day, by the way. I mean, let's carry on. He um, he cleans the lights and he offers the head and the leg. And the Mishnah explains, On all other days, if he wishes to perform the service, he does. He can do it. But on these seven days, he absolutely has to do it. It's, it's obligatory on these seven days because we're training him. And the Mishnah explains, Shekohen Gadol Makriv Chalek Barosh. The Kohen Gadol has priority in choosing to sacrifice any particular portion. Vinotel Chalek Barosh. And he's got priority in taking a particular portion. So the Kohen Gadol may do this at any time, but it seems as though we're trying to get him into practice. And it's well known, and we'll find out in the next Mishnah, that the Kohen Gadol was not necessarily a Talmud Chacham, and not necessarily very expert. There were years when the Kohen Gadol would change every single year. They didn't last very long. Uh, you would be able to buy the office of Kohen Gadol. It's a bit like buying the... I don't know whether there are states where you can buy being a judge. In London, certainly you can buy being a member of the House of Lords. The price for being in the House of Lords is three million pounds. It's well known. But in those days, you could buy being the Kohen Gadol. So we're dealing with someone who wasn't necessarily expert in carrying out the sacrifices and not necessarily knowledgeable. And yet the whole of the House of Israel depends on him for their atonement to do it the right way. So they set aside these seven days to train him and to educate him. The Mishnah goes on. They send to him elders from the elders of the court. So the elders from the Bet Din go and educate him. And they read before him the order of the day. Again, you get the sense that maybe he doesn't know the order of the day. Maybe he can't read. Maybe he can't read. We're not quite sure. They on Rimlo and they say to him, Ishi Chohen Gadol, my Lord High Priest. Kra ata b'ficha. Why don't you try and read it with your own mouth? Shema shechachta or Shema lo lamanta. They're quite polite to him. They say, maybe you forgot or maybe you never learned. They, they don't brand him immediately as an ignoramus, but you get the sense reading the Mishnah, clearly they're anxious that he's an ignoramus and the whole of the, the fortunes of the people of Israel for the following year stand on the actions of this person. He's got to perform the service correctly. If he doesn't perform it correctly, he can die. It's, it's, a, it, it's a disaster for the whole of the house of Israel. So they, they, they educate him, but in a, in a, in a polite way. Ereb Yom Kippurim, Shacharit. On the, the day before Yom Kippurim, at Shacharit, in the morning, they stand him at the eastern gate. And they make rams and ox and sheep pass before him. So that he can recognize and become familiar with the service. So we may have a Kohen Gadol who's an ignoramus, but we have seven days in which we can educate him and make him fit. And then as we'll see as the Mishnah develops, he will go into the Holy of Holies and perform the service and 
atone for the whole of the people of Israel. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.